Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Let's bring in John Mangan, who's a senior finance major, one of the managers of Keep Us Safe, right, with Temple University, and joining us this morning to talk about what's really going on on Temple's campus and just off campus. And the first question is, do you feel safer this week, John, than you felt a week ago or even two weeks ago? That's a great question. And the saddest thing is, we felt less safe going into this semester than we did last semester when over it's something like 30 to 40 students were victims of violent crimes last semester. And we had members of the campus safety department, high up admin taking vacations between semesters instead of working tirelessly to figure out how we're not going to have students be victimized in the spring. And it, it's just, it's depressing and it's worrying for, we have a lot of vulnerable, you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, you know, female students who have to walk to class late at night. And, you know, even now it doesn't even matter if you're, a, you know, you're an able-bodied, like, struck, a full-grown man. I mean, you're going to get attacked, and it's just a shame. And, yeah, nobody feels safe here right now. That's the bottom line. You know, and I think of uh, Delaware County native Sam Collington, that carjacking. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. and he should now be in his new job. He would have graduated and killed in in that attempted carjacking, as we learned. And then we also learned at the same time as there was that hashtag justice for Sam in 2021 um, as, as he was preparing to graduate from Temple. And we we were told, well, things are going to change. So he should mm-hmm. have graduated. I guess that was two years ago this spring, right? Is, is, I'm trying to... Um, no, one year. Last year. One year. He's, yeah. Okay. And so you think about that and his grieving family, so many students. But then we learned that, in fact, with in the case of Sam Collington, the same shooter accused of murdering him had held a gun to another female student's head. She had yeah. complied, and thank God she survived that one. So there are multiple layers. I don't want to lay this all on Temple because... Temple is at the mercy, right, of of Philadelphia. But specifically for Temple students, what are you pushing for? What are you hoping for? Give us the reality check here. I mean, the reality check is, I mean, Temple had been running from accountability. I mean, they had not, we have a TU alert system, which sends out, which is supposed to report on all the high-profile crimes on campus. And this is why I started Keep Us Safe with a group of uh, with a group of students, is we weren't being inf- informed of all of the crimes that were happening around campus with high-profile stuff. Like, we didn't get informed of a home invasion or an arson that happened. And so we don't expect Temple to stop the crime, of course, because, like you said, they're at the mercy of Philadelphia. But we expect Temple, as an institution that prides themselves allegedly on their ethics, to do everything they can and to make sure that they're, you know, living up to their own standards to keep students mm-hmm. safe. And they're not doing the bare minimum, like communicating to students when there's a firebombing 
in you know on the sh- a street where mm-hmm. students live and it's like and then we try to go people comment on the university president's instagram and they get their comments deleted they actively silence voices before i even started the account there was an incident where eight kids were held had guns held to their heads on my street mm-hmm. and I, I i thought just as a regular student like i should be able to contact my university president and get like you know hear from the guy right that's that's the right. thing too like i didn't even know who our president was like i was just a concerned student <laughs> i called the office and i and i you know i voiced my concerns no response not even a secretary same thing the next the next week no response not even a secretary so then i started the account and it really took off because like it seemed like a lot of people were experiencing the same thing mm-hmm. yeah and, so. and in that case and i know one of the students actually in in one of the homes where there was the break in and initially there there's sort of this this blame game as i as i'm talking to different students who say yeah. you know we were blamed for leaving the door open well we never left a door open that was a lie so let's listen yeah, that in was yeah let's listen in let's listen in real quick this is the temple board talking about student accountability let's listen mm-hmm. to this and john we'll get you to react once we listen to it also personal accountability of the students where they're renting where they're renting their party their partying habits um uh doing uh, illegal things uh also the student has a responsibility for their own safety and if the student government could also address that through education that would be a big help, too, for the whole safety issue. Yeah, so on this one, of course, students, you know, should, of, of course, that's a no-brainer. We should all be yeah. accountable. But it, in a way, the way you perceive that, right, you can't help but infer that what they're saying is, well, you kids must be, what are you doing? That they're, they're choosing yeah. your house. Is that drug activity? How do they know what you have? And so it's, <laughs> it's right, it's that passive-aggressive yeah. Kind of thing that underlying makes pe- makes the public think, uh-oh, what are these kids doing? Yeah, and I mean, that's, it's like, I was on the team of, you know, Temple is safe if you know what you're doing, you know, two or three years ago. I was on that team when people told me Temple wasn't safe because it has the stigma to the school. I would be like, no, and, you know, I've always felt safe here. If you do what you're doing, you know, if you know where you're going. So the board, it hasn't hit them yet, and I don't know how it hasn't hit them with everything that's happening, that this is not a regular, you know, beast that we're facing here. This is a unprecedented wave of crime, and they're acting like they can handle it how they handled everything in the past, and it's just like, no, they're on cruise control, they think, and it's not that way. And so let's uh, – Anthony Dorenzo, our great executive producer, cut another piece. Let's listen to the Temple Board talk about – the safest campus in the city. <laughs> the student where the temple is one of the safest area in the city? I, students are obviously concerned, and no matter how safe temple is, as long as students are victimized, that is going to be a point of deep concern and fear for the students. So while temple is a very safe school, especially compared to other, you know, so, and these are, you know, you can find these and, and obviously follow John Mangan on Keep Us Safe, your your uh, Temple University social media site. But you, I know that you posted these. We just want to share them with everybody because a yeah. lot of times we're talking uh, at the level of listening to officials, listening to police, 
And I think that the tragedy, the tragedy and the, and the shooting of, of Sergeant Fitzgerald and the way that that happened, the fact that a teenager, newly turned 18 year old stood over him, stood over him as he's, as he's already shot and, and repeatedly mm-hmm. fires shots into him. I mean, it, it's a frightening, I mean, it's terrifying. And to think that, I don't know if it's the drugs, I don't know what's fueling all of this, but it's just a meaner kind of street than we've ever seen in our history. And, I, and again, I'm not blaming one issue. There are many layers to this, and we've gone through them. But what do you hope to see? I mean, what are you hoping to achieve? Obviously, John, you want to publicize this. You want to start the conversation. Where do you want to go with this, and what do you expect from your local law enforcement and from from those who run Temple University? Yeah, I mean, you know, we started this conversation months ago, and the university's been aware of this conversation. We have met with university administration, and, I mean, it seems like this current administration, all they've wanted to do is just put out the fire and keep pumping out PR. And it's come back, and we, we wrote a letter to our university president um, a few months ago saying, like, until somebody gets seriously hurt or mur- murdered, you're not going to take this seriously. And we plan to finally plan a protest for Tuesday. And we get a message from our president's office saying they want to meet on Tuesday morning. Like, we want to talk about student safety. I'm like, this is exactly what we wrote in our letter. So what we want to see now, originally, we just wanted to see these people step up, report all the crimes, be transparent in what's going on. We wanted, we wanted to see them listen to their police officers because they still haven't met with their police union. It's just they were actively neglecting the safety crisis. And now, honestly, our whole team wants new leadership, and I think the whole school wants new leadership. I mean, you can say we're biased because the nature of our page, but we did put up a poll where 98% of people said they weren't confident in the administration. And I don't care about you know, any type of skew that would come from our account to get 98% of people to agree on anything is ridiculous. And it was like 2,900 people to like 50. So if Temple wants to survive their reputation and wants, you know, any positive PR and people to stay here, I think we just need new leaders. And we need new leaders who are going to make it clear that they care about the students because not only is it us right now, there's the massive graduate student strike. Like, regardless of you know what they're striking for it just shows that this leadership has been has had two massive failures on a grand scale and i think it's just time and i think everyone thinks it's time for new leadership here what about the media in other words i think part a piece of this is this is a unit philadelphia is a university town and we are also mm-hmm. a hospital town you think of temple university and the hospital very powerful and big sponsor of all the different media companies. And that, I can tell you, um, for, for my years of working at CBS and longtime Fox 10 o'clock news anchor here locally, what happens is when somebody's working on an investigative report, and this happens over the years, the, the, whoever it is will reach out to the sales department of that, whatever that broadcasting mm-hmm. entity is, and say, hey, most of this stuff happens off campus. We can't control all of this. They will do their best to spin it and to shut That's down cool. those kinds of investigations. And so yeah. do you all recognize, I mean, media is complicit in this. Oh, 100%. And luckily we, we've identified 
the the Inquirer, I mean, I hate to call them out, but they have been, you know, they're they're like in our president's pocket. You know, he can they'll push out a story for him in no time. So I'm sure. But we've luckily identified news outlets that are. I mean, you know, they can't formally say it, but it seems like they're on our side. You know, and they will report on things that are effective to students. And but, yeah, I mean, the media does play a big role. And luckily, they've continued to cover it and they've continued to cover it, you know, more from our side than the university side. And they've, they've kind of put they have put pressure on the university, um, a few regional stations. But I know we're not happy with um, the Philadelphia Inquirer. But. Mm-hmm. So, so tomorrow, tell us, is, is this still on? Will you meet with university leadership tomorrow? And then will you give them a list of, you know, your poll that you took and demands? What's going to happen tomorrow? No, I mean, tomorrow, they, they tried to schedule this last night because <laughs> they heard we were having a protest on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They were like, can you come in and talk to us Tuesday morning? And we said, we respectfully declined. And I said, well, gratefully, we will gladly talk to you after Tuesday. We have a protest to plan on Tuesday. And then we, the response we get back is, can you guys please meet Monday? I know it's short notice. I'm like, for months we've been asking to meet with you guys, and now you're scrambling to try to meet us before we get, you know, boots on the ground and walk. That's how we feel. And it's like, this is a just, it's like a last-ditch effort. And it feels like, you know, they're running around the office trying to say something here. It's like, no, we'll have our demonstration and we can talk afterwards. It's like, you guys are, we're not going to let them put out the fire before we, you know, metaphorically put out the fire mm-hmm. before we show our, we show our demonstration, our, our frustration on a large scale. So, so tell us about the protest. If anybody, if any parents or anybody, you know, other students don't know about it, where will it be? What time? And what do you hope to achieve? So, yeah, so already the grad students are shutting down they're doing their shutdown temple day tomorrow so there's already a massive protest happening on campus by the bell tower so temple's already done with that we are meeting across from morgan hall in the skate park area um it's you know it's not it's on the northeast corner of broad and cecil Mm -hmm. and hopefully we will get a a large group of people we will march up and down campus and we will do our chance. We will, you know, we'll go to the, all the important offices where all the admin is, make our voices heard. And then afterwards, um, the grad students have a a, a, uh, a PA system. So we're going to go over to where the grad students are and hold like a joint rally kind of thing of just, you know, regardless, we'll even like the whole idea is, you know, we're two different movements, but mm-hmm. we have we form for the same reason which was neglect from higher administration. And I think that will be a really cool moment of unity for the university. And hopefully some board members will be watching that. This is something that they've never seen before. For you personally, as you know, I know you're, you're a business major, but, or finance major, John, how does this, this experience, how does it change you? I mean, you're a student, right? Hmm. And, and you're going yeah. through, how does it change your career path, your life, and how do you, is there some good that comes out of this? This is a real learning experience for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's changed everything. Um, you know, I've, I've just tried to kind of stay, you know, focused and humble on the goal. And when I achieve the goal, I can, you know, figure it out. Because, you know, I've never been a social activist person. I've never, you know, been to a protest in my life. Like, I'm just kind of, you know, I, I watch the news, but I'm like, that's about it. Um 
And it's like, yeah, you know, I like being a finance major. I like studying finance and I'm a TA for finance. It's something I really enjoy. But, you know, it also is like, you know, I might have a knack for this journalism thing. But, you know, then again, the joke I make is there's more money in finance than journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, but, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, honestly, how it's changed me, if anything, it's just, I, you know, I never had problems, you know, speaking to people. But now, like, I've spoken to, you know, every news outlet. I've talked to important people. I, I, it's given me the confidence with whatever I do in life that I can get in the room and talk to anyone mm -hmm. or, you know, get on a platform and, you know, know that people want to hear, people want to listen to me. And it's also given me the confidence, I think, that, you know, you can make a change uh, regardless of, you know, my message I thought was going to be controversial at first. I thought I was going to get attacked, you know, when we started at, like, because, you know, bringing up, you know, safety on a college campus, there's a lot of implications of people's different opinions. But, you know, I just tried to stay objective, you know, stay non-political, And a lot of people, I think, gravitated towards that because they were able to see what I was seeing. And I really think it's it's given me the it's just kind of given me faith that, you know, if, if I do speak up, if anyone speaks up, that people will listen and hop on. Well, John Mangan, thank you so much for joining us. Please keep us posted tomorrow morning as the day proceeds. And I know you're planning these very peaceful demonstrations so yes, you can get your voices please. heard. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we make the joke. We're not worried about the students. The parents get a little rowdy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We gotta... yeah, I know a few fired up moms, that's for sure. John, yeah. thank you. Thank you yeah. for joining us this morning. We appreciate you and keep uh, us posted tomorrow. Be safe. Yeah, thank you for having me. Let me take your calls. We've got Rosalie in Pensacola. You wanted to talk about Temple University campus and the safety issues. Hey, Rosalie. Hi. Hi, Dawn. Hi. It's Rosalie here. I just wanted to tell you, I graduated from Temple in 1972, and between 68 and 72, I was in the chorus. A girl who sat next to me in the chorus had been raped going down the Susquehanna L stop, uh, subway stop on Broad Street. And Temple University's solution to that was, well, go down Columbia. <laughs> oh, my god! And that's gosh. my story. And that's my story. <laughs> that's sick. And also, I was in the marching band. I'm sure there are people who will remember me. Um, we, had a re we had to walk about four blocks to a marching band field where we would practice because I was, we would play, you know, I, I played in the marching band and, and we went to football games. Mm -hmm. And there was actually, there was actually a police uh, presence. There had to be a police presence on the field and walking with us when we walked from the uh, presser hall, which was the music hall, to the field, which was about four blocks away. And so, so that's my story. In, in many ways, in other words, nothing really changes as far as you know, no, victim blaming. No, absolutely not. I mean, I mean, I got the best education from Temple University, but as far as um, safety was concerned, no. I'm sorry to hear it. I mean, hopefully, you know, you have students now sort of activated post-pandemic. They have a new university president. Um, I think that they're they're at least optimistic. But I don't know. I'm with you. It just it's discouraging, right? And it's and it's, it's a shame because Temple is a is an excellent yes. excellent school. Excellent. Yeah, it, great reputation, great journalism and communication. Yes. The Lou Klein School, of, you know, journalism and communication and business school. Um, even though they've had their controversies. But, I, you know, I do, I am hopeful that this crop of students led by John, that who we just, who you just heard of and others, 
mm-hmm. that they can figure it out. And, you know, it does then change them f- for the rest of their lives, that they actually impacted right. change for the future. And I think that's important, too. Well, this I, is a story. I mean, this was this was something that happened in I mean, I'm 72 years old and I still remember this girl talking to me. She sat next to me in chorus and I, I'm sure she was she's been traumatized for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. just it. You never forget that. And so, no, well, I thank no. you for sharing that. It's um, you're welcome. It's discouraging. I listen to 1210 all the time. Well, thank you. Have a great Monday. Be safe. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.